Sometimes things happen that we, we can't quite put our finger on. We don't really know why they happened or how they happened. It's sort of outside of the realm of, you know, our understanding. And, uh, you know, it's hard for us to compartmentalize what um, transpired. But, you know, we always find a way. And, uh, you know, if you, you, um, if you try hard enough, you can, you, uh, you know, you, uh, there's an old saying that goes, um, you know, can't explain something uh don't try because you're gonna you're gonna end up hurting yourself thinking thinking too hard about that one and you know you, you don't want to do that because that, that's gonna that's gonna mess you up in the long run so uh if you could just uh you know reach into your pocket for me and uh you know oh what's that in your hand what, what you got there in your hand you just pull out your pocket what's that oh that's uh that's two tickets two tickets to the bonkers theater Spencer Kennedy was not your average fella. An entertainer by trade, he had written a wide range of novels. Everything from young adult fiction to to more mature novels that struck a chord and made their way to the New York Times bestselling list. It would not be uncommon to find his new novels positioned on the front rack at a bookstore but also within a children's library. Spencer Kennedy was a household name, and unlike many other authors, that was his real name that he had gone by. In the late 90s, he had made a deal with a publishing house and had agreed to make ten novels for them. Now Spencer Kennedy finds himself on his tenth novel, With this novel, he will be able to end his contract, be free to never write a story again. Unfortunately for Spencer Kennedy, he is suffering from what most writers suffer from, the dreaded writer's block. For hours and hours, Spencer would find himself pacing around his office, scratching his head and wondering what he could possibly write about. He desperately searched for inspiration, and as he looked around his office, he would look at many mementos he had collected over the years with his vast wealth and fortune he had accumulated. His eyes would dart to a suit of armor, which was the inspiration for him to write his fantasy novel, in which a brave knight sets out to save the world from an evil wizard. That novel had gained him much attention, and also much money. But now, staring at the suit of armor that inspired the whole thing, he felt no more inspiration. His eyes also darted to the sailboat model that he had built when he was just a child, which had inspired him to write a murder mystery that was set on a sailboat. But now, looking at the sailboat, there is no inspiration to be found there. His eyes also lie upon the old taxidermy dog that had belonged to his late father. This was his childhood dog, and it inspired him to write a story about a boy and a dog that ends like all stories where the boys and dogs do. But glaring at this dog that he had once grown up with, now lies still on his floor in his office, he feels no inspiration 
Spencer needed a break from all the thinking he had been doing and pacing and pondering, so he decided to go for a walk. While on his walk, he passed the public park. There was a buzz with people. Happy, smiling faces everywhere. Young children would play and throw frisbees about. Happy puppies would run around for hours and hours, greeting the other dogs that their owners would bring. These were all joyous sights, but they brought no inspiration to poor Spencer. For he had already written so many stories about the locale in which he lived. Spencer would pass the various shops, the coffee shop, the skateboard shop, the comic shop, all town staples that many people would go to throughout the day. Perhaps Spencer could find inspiration in one of those things, but he had no interest in them, and would find the process of writing a story about such things to be terrible, and he would rather not write a book at all. Spencer would find himself in a place where he would often meditate. He knew all too familiar, the local town cemetery. Local town cemetery was very important to him. This is where he'd get many of the characters' names for his books. He would browse the gravestones for hours on end, searching for name combinations, taking first, middle, and last names and rearranging them in many orders, or maybe swapping in and out letters. This proved to be an effective way of coming up with new and creative names that sound very lifelike. Some of the headstones would even have little phrases that the people would say during their lives and would be remembered by. And Spencer would pay close attention to these phrases and implement them into his characters and his novels to make them feel more believable. There were a few occasions where family members of the deceased would thank him because they felt that he had brought back their loved ones in some way by putting them in the story. He would always deny that they were supposed to be that character, and he would chalk it all up to a coincidence. The sun had been setting, and Spencer had still been in the graveyard when he wandered across a tomb he had visited many times. The tomb of Matthew Thompson, a famous literary genius, both a poet and a scholar. Spencer Kennedy had grown up reading Matthew Thompson works in school, and he was fascinated by his life and his many works. Matthew Thompson, to him, had been a role model and a mentor, even though the two had never met. And although he would deny it, Spencer obviously was inspired by Matthew Thompson to become a writer. Spencer had found himself sat in front of the grave of Matthew Thompson for quite some time, thinking about what the old man would do if he was there today, and stuck in the same situation he was, where he was unable to think of a story for his final novel. Just then, Spencer had heard a voice calling out amongst the graves. He couldn't quite make out what it was saying, but he could tell that it was drawing closer. He gazed up the hill to see a man prancing down on top of the headstones, from one headstone to the next. Spencer was taken aback. Who goes there, he asked. The man dropped quietly but still pranced amongst the headstones down towards Spencer. And as he drew closer, Spencer noticed it was none other than Matthew Thompson himself. 
Matthew Thompson, he exclaimed. Spencer could not believe his eyes. But his eyes could not lie to him. And it was, in fact, Matthew Thompson standing there before him. Matthew greeted the troubled author and introduced himself as the real Matthew Thompson. Spencer was still dumbstruck and could not believe what he was seeing. You must be a ghost, he asked. Why, yes I am, replied Matthew. I am, in fact, a ghost. Spencer was impressed with his astute observation. He didn't realize that Matthew Thompson, who had been dead, would be, in fact, a ghost if he were standing in front of him today. But why? Why are you a ghost and why do you come to me in this hour? pleaded Spencer. I come because I know you are in trouble, replied Matthew, and I have a way to solve all of our problems. What do you mean by our problems? inquired Spencer. Well, you see, replied Matthew, I've been stuck in this graveyard for decades and decades on end now, and I would like a home to haunt. And I know you, with your vast fortune, have a nice cliffside mansion that you live in, just on the edge of town. That would be a perfect haunting location. But don't worry, I won't haunt you. Just your house. Spencer was confused and asked Matthew how that would help him in any way. Well, you see, Matthew responded, if you let me haunt your house and stay there long after you've gone, I will write your final book for you. Spencer was taken aback again. Really? You would write my book for me? Such an amazing author as yourself? Come back from the dead to write one last novel for me as me? That's right, Matthew said. I will ghostwrite your story. Not a single soul but yours will know that that was actually written by none other than yours truly. Spencer was so impressed by this and agreed almost immediately. There was no downside to having Matthew Thompson haunt his house, especially since Spencer was getting up in age, and he'd probably be gone soon too. And he didn't really care if he haunted a house or something, that's not really something that concerned him. Also, a ghost doesn't really take up any space, so there really is no downside to letting a ghost stay with you. Although the two could not shake on it, they both nodded their heads in agreement and decided that the plan would work out just swimmingly. Soon after, Matthew Thompson's ghost moved into Spencer's amazing mansion. He began work on his book. Spencer brought him up an old typewriter for him to clack away on endlessly. And thankfully, Matthew Thompson, even in ghost form, was able to use a typewriter somehow. Many months had passed, Matthew's ghost worked tirelessly in his study, typing away the manuscript for the next great American novel. All the while, Spencer lived it up, leaning back on his super nice sofa and watching TV for hours on end. But he could not enjoy this luxury forever. It was only a matter of time before Spencer received a call. It was the publishing company, and they were upset. Spencer had been taking a long time to be getting his book out. This being his final book, 
it was causing quite a stir within the book reading community. And everybody wanted their hands on this new book that'd be releasing that was said to be Spencer's last book before retirement. Spencer was worried. Even though Matthew's ghost had been typing away endlessly and tirelessly, he had not seen any progress being made. In fact, he had not even checked on him once. He would just sometimes listen outside the door to, to his ghost fingers clacking away on the typewriter keys. Spencer, in a hurry, rushed up to talk to Matthew's ghost about the progress of the novel. When he barged in, Matthew hid the manuscripts from him and had warned him not to come closer because the book had not been finished yet. Spencer impatiently asked when the book would be finished and when they'd be able to deliver it to the publisher. Matthew had replied, saying that the book will take another year at least to finish. Spencer was shocked by this news because he knew that the publishing house would not be happy about this. But Spencer could not do anything to a ghost that's haunting his residence. So he calmed himself and called the publishing company and had told them that it would take at least a year to deliver the book. The publishing company was not happy with this news, but they had told him, we will give you a year minimum, or else you owe us a vast fortune of your wealth. Just like it says in the contract he signed, many years ago. Spencer told them that it would surely be finished within the year and that they should not worry at all. But then the publishing company had started asking for details about the book. And Spencer did not even know any details about the book. So he racked his head for a few minutes and came up with a lot of buzzwords, creative ways to tell them nothing. He told them that the book would be romantic and exciting and thrilling. All the kind of things you'd expect from a story. And the publishing company loved it. It sounded so exciting to them. And they couldn't wait to get their hands on this book. They started quoting Spencer and putting ads in newspapers. Saying what he had said about the novel. And it generated so much hype for this novel because it was so enigmatic and draped in mystery. Within weeks, mobs started to form outside of Spencer's mansion property of people hungry for details about the book. All the while, Matthew worked endlessly and tirelessly on completing this novel. Things were escalating too quickly, and Spencer knew it was only a matter of time before they had to reveal the book. A date had been established. He was to go on a big talk show and reveal the book while also reading a segment from it. He had told the date to Matthew, and Matthew had told him that he will finish the book by then, but only by then, and not to expect it any sooner. When the day of the big talk show interview arrived, Matthew had still not completed the book, but was backstage during the talk show, busily typing it away so that it would be ready whenever Spencer comes on stage. Spencer was backstage, pacing frantically back and forth, waiting for Matthew to finish typing. 
It wasn't until the talk show had called Spencer's name to come up on stage that a ding was heard on the typewriter, and Matthew pulled out the last page of the manuscript and handed it to Spencer. Spencer was so nervous because he still did not know any details about the book, but he grabbed the manuscript nonetheless and walked out on stage as nervous as could be. The talk show host had greeted him very kindly and shook his hand and motioned him towards his seat. He was the second guest that night, and he was sat next to a big movie star that everybody knew and clapped for a lot. But even though he was next to a big movie star that everybody loved a lot and loved to see in their movies, the crowd still went wild to see Spencer's appearance because they were even more excited about his new book than they were about the big movie star's new movie. Spencer was very choked up and I had a very troubled time getting his words out. I was very nervous. As he looked down at the manuscript, and could only make out the words on the front of the page. The very front page of the manuscript read the book's title. Spencer looked over the words in his head and read them out in his internal monologue. Epic Ghost Boy style. Epic Ghost Boy style, he thought in his head. Epic Ghost Boy style? Epic Ghost Boy style? What kind of name for a book is that? Matthew Thompson wrote a book called Epic Ghost Boy Style? Spencer Kennedy could not believe it. His childhood hero, Matthew Thompson, who wrote such sophisticated poetry that was loved for ages to come, had just delivered him a novel entitled Epic Ghost Boy Style. Spencer started to sweat, and the talk show host could see that he was nervous along with the entire crowd. But the talk show host had asked them, Would you like to read an excerpt from your book? Spencer got real nervous. And he's like, Oh, I, I guess I could read an excerpt from my book. And the talk show host asked, Oh, what is the name of your book anyway? Spencer turned to him as the audience got real quiet to listen intently for the title of the book. Spencer Kennedy was embarrassed. He had always written books with such great titles that were simple and elegant. Titles such as Tranquility and Silver Sunrise. But now he had to turn to a talk show host and say the title of his new book, his new and final book as an author. Epic Ghost Boy Style. The talk show host was taken aback. Your new book is entitled Epic Ghost Boy Style? Spencer was not surprised by the talk show host's reaction to the title of his book being Epic Ghost Boy Style. Well then, go on, read an excerpt from it, Spencer. And Spencer did such. He turned to page one of the manuscript and began. Once upon a time, there was an epic ghost that was so epic and did an epic dance that everybody loved. The ghost would dance from sunrise to sunset, traveling town to town. And when he did, he would show up and everybody in town would form a crowd around him. And he would sing his epic ghost voice style song that goes a little like this. I'm an epic ghost boy, I do my epic dance, put the epic crowd into an epic trance, 
They love Ghost Boy, and I love me. They clap for Ghost Boy, hip hip hurree. The crowd was enamored. They loved the book. Everybody stood to their feet and started clapping. They were so happy to hear such a fun and epic book being read in front of them. They couldn't get enough of it. They really wanted to read much more of Epic Ghost Boy style and to see what happens with the Epic Ghost Boy as he goes town to town doing his Epic Ghost Boy style dance and singing his Epic Ghost Boy song. They really wanted to see where the story went. Spencer was amazed by this. He had thought the Epic Ghost Boy style book was kind of immature and maybe not that great, but the crowd's reaction proved differently. Spencer jumped out of his seat and said, Hey, epic ghost boy style, and started dancing, and the whole crowd loved it. Just then, Matthew Thompson came out from the back and gave Spencer Kennedy an epic high five, and they hugged each other, even though he was a ghost. Epic ghost boy style went on to be a New York Times bestseller and earned Spencer billions of dollars. It was the best-selling book that year and the year after and the year after. It was so good, and nobody could get enough of epic Ghost Boy style. And that famous movie star that was sitting on the couch next to him, that fateful night, went on to star in the epic Ghost Boy style movie adaptation. And Spencer moved back into his epic mansion where he had even more epic money, and Matthew Thompson lived there forever because he was a ghost and haunted it forever. And it was really epic for everybody. Mm -hmm.